Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh my gosh. That was actually not me. At first I was, was like, why is that peaking? I'm like, nope, that's not me. All right, not are we it. back to normal? Holy man. That was a bit of a hot mic. I don't know if I'll ever be Situation. the same. I, are you talking? I can't hear anything. Bootsy, I can't hear Bootsy like two years from Dad! Dad! I need some Dunkle Ozone Stock X! What? Huh? Huh? Can't hear you. What? By the way, uh, Bryce, speaking of sneakers real quick, Bryce got first. We did a little sneaker shopping the other day. He got some uh, Greek freaks. Nice. That are sweet. They're white with kind of like a, a cool green and black. And then yeah. he picked up. He wanted. We got matching. Uh, of these bad boys from uh, StockX, but um, you know, as, as we've talked about, having some issues. Some, you know, my slip-ons, these same. These, oh, they're the best. These ones, but in like a volt and black and white. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's a real treat. I had to. Um, the blonde wanted NBC to have something that was black that he could slip on that was easy. So I picked up a pair of Epic Reacts, uh, oh, which they're great. And he was like, I don't think he understands like that they're cool because they're like they were out like four years ago. They're great. Um, I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, like, this is like an ultra boost. Like this will be the most comfortable shoe. Like we can talk about all the other stuff, whether it's air maxes and, uh, in various colorways, in various iterations, Jordans, you can do the same thing with dunk lows. But if you're talking about the most comfortable shoe you can wear, it's an Epic react, a Hirachi, if it's the right one. And it's the ultra boost. Yep. That's it. Yep, that's that's the it. list. That's There's the list. that's the way, that's the way you go on that. And anything else you're, you know, you're sacrificing comfort for style. That's that's where we're that's at it. on that. That's right. Yeah. Um, cold again today, and then we got warm. Now we're, getting we're coming better. in for we're the weekend. Better. We're in our vests though. We're living our best. We best are life. vested up. We yeah. are. It's great vest weather. How about I, the fact that we didn't talk about this, and we both wore black vests. Yeah, stunning. Great. And I could have actually worn that quarter zip. That was the great. I mean, that what a moment that was coming back from the combine to see that just sitting, sitting on our on our folded. seats, folded, ready. It's great. Let's think about this for a second. If you yeah. think about the Brad Mellon Pursuit of Excellence Award, like he was, he did that. Now he did it at the behest, the behest. That's right of the HBC. That's right. But at the same time, like that was a quick turnaround. Like we've been working on hoodies for two years and have gotten nowhere, and in fact, have almost gone backwards. To the point where at some point I felt like there was some hope. Now I have, think there's none. I'm being mocked in Atlanta yes. as he's wearing a white. white. The only time it's ever been seen, like like Moby Dick, the white whale. Yeah, it's one of them. Um, and now because that one's out there, it's going to end up on no, somebody's. Uh, I don't believe it's going to so. be on Kay Adams' show. No She's going to be wearing a white one. That's no the way, way that's going to work. Adams. No. All it takes is one, and you're done. You're cooked. No, it needs to be. So that's why the, the color that we us. are now pursuing shall not be named. Yes. Correct. That way, so when we unload it on the world, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be an incredible moment. Do you today? Do you are you aware that today is the uh, the sports solstice? I was not aware of that. I don't need well, everything huh? goes today. NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, all the pro sports, even MLS, all of them go today. College football. Is there college football tonight? There is some games. There is. It's Thursday night. Did you guys see the uh, the ratings on the baseball? So it depends on how you want to view them. Okay. So their ratings were up. Baseball's ratings were up for the NLDS. In fact, they were up like 59%. Uh, did a great number here locally. 
um, for the NLDS year to year. However, that's the glasses half full. The glasses okay. half empty is the ALDS average rating between the two series. Our average viewership was three point eight million, which is similar to like Iowa Michigan State football, which is a middle of the road. very middling college yeah, football college game. game on a yeah. Saturday. Where, by the way, it's also competing against all the other college games on a yeah. Saturday. And like, it got think about the window by yeah. the command, the commies and the bears. Commies and the bears did nine million last Thursday. Smoked them. Smoked them. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. That's that sport. It's a and yet it's so bandwagonable. When the Guardians were making my run, the oh, run, yeah. like my wife who hasn't seen a pitch all year was like the world had to stop so we could watch Guardians games. And I'm like, what do you care? Like you're not invested in this team. You haven't watched this, but it's Cleveland, damn it. So she's all in. I'm like, and playoff baseball's fun. It is. My, it is fun. My it's wife fun. stayed up, and my wife does not stay up for things like. But Sunday she was night, in. We we went to uh, my buddy was hosting a party. The Great Cole. Uh, there's two the, coals. There's two coals. There's a second, another great yes. coal. He's the one who got you those hats, the hooligans. Oh, hats. I love those hooligan hats. Yeah, those are great. So when Cole left for Minnesota, and then and is he now was the great retired coal. to he is the great coal. I understand. Now, now there too now retires to uh, the the northern beaches of Florida. At what point? Why didn't we just have the other coal come in on a Friday and just act like he was coal? Great question. It's a great question. I don't have an answer for you. He would have held his own. I don't think he was as good as the legendary Cole. As a human, there. Look at this vest. Another vest. Look at vest yes. weather. Yeah, he's Let's got go. it. And a swack it. Let's go. Swack it weather. He had it. That's a swag. Did you see, swag did you see the quilted? It was a quilted green swack it that he had on. Quilted. I mean, big L's. It's big L's. I mean, we were with. We were in, aligned with big, big, big L. Yeah, of course we are. Yeah, it's a good job. Yeah, you go with a little black, black, black vest. It's a win. The um, have I ever told you the greatest example of? I suppose it, it's kind of like when we steal stories. Um, we used to do this thing when I was do that? never. We used to do this thing down in Columbus when I was on television down there. We do the. Um, it was like a. I worked at the CBS affiliate. We do this wall to wall sports shootout. So we'd get celebrities okay. and play golf at like Mirfield or Double Eagle, and we would film it over the course of a day. You should have invited me, didn't I? Do I didn't a toss. Know you. I did a toss to you on wall to wall. I think you did. That was wall to wall sports. If I knew you now, yeah. I would have you come in. So the oh, team man. was would have been great. Which would have been great because you could have had the kid caddy for you because it was Buckeyes versus non Buckeyes is the way we set it up. So you could have been a heel. And oh, played boy. against former Buckeye, you know, the former Buckeye greats that would have been in the mix. And you and the kid, I think that could have been a win. Yeah, it would have been a great win. So it was and Buc- we probably would have beat him in golf. Yeah, there was some re- – you're very, very good. There, Some of these dudes were like in pros. your world. No, but in your oh, world. In, okay. Yeah, right. in your world. So well, you, there would have been some guys that you would have went head-to-head with and had to be at your best. Uh, hockey like and baseball that. players, I find, are very, Quite very good, good at yep. golf. Quite. It, especially ones who played R- at the professional turns out, level. yeah. Turns so out we were doing athletes. we were doing one of these. We we're at Columbus Country Club, and Brian Dubins- Brandon Dubinsky was a player for the Blue Jackets of okay. some notoriety and a really really good dude, but a guy who at the time who liked to have a good time. So we were teeing off at nine a.m. and Dubinsky wasn't there, and we waited and waited and waited, and it got to a point where like, look, we're at a private club. We only have so long that we have this place. We actually have to shoot nine holes of golf. We got to do this because this is going to air all summer on Saturday night, so that we don't have to do live television at at eleven thirty at night. Yeah. Uh-huh, so this is uh-huh, this, this uh-huh. is our evergreen thing that we do. So we're like, look, we don't have Brandon Dubinsky. 
So there was this guy named Rob Mixer, great dude, who great worked name. for the Blue Jackets, who's a pretty good stick, but looks as diametrically opposed to Dubinsky as could is almost humanly possible. And I just said, Mixer, you're in. He goes, what do you mean? I said, you're playing. You're going to play. So he was all nervous and panicky and trying to get some shots in. He had no time to warm up. But, again, he was a pretty good player. So we go to the first tee, and I just interview him like he's Brandon Dubinsky. You call him Dubinsky. I call him Brandon Dubinsky. We played the entire first hole without a reference to him not being Brandon Dubinsky. We even supered him on the television, Brandon Dubinsky. Dubinsky showed up for the second hole. We made no reference of it. That it was a new guy. No. It was one of the funniest things ever. And, of course, everyone's like, wait, who is this? Why is this? And then the next hole, hole two, by the time Dubinsky got there and turned to come to fly him out, he's from Alaska, so he was flying in and got in late. Dubinsky. Blah, 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 whatever. But Doobie didn't get there in time. Great nickname, by the way. But Rob Mixer served as Brandon Dubinsky. I feel like Rob Mixer and Rob Bass should have gotten together and formed some type of a super band. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. By the way, college Mixer's football tonight, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Troy, South Alabama. And don't go to sleep on Troy, South Alabama, 5-2 and two v. 5-1. and one. Yeah, the other one's tough. The Virginia, was it oh, Virginia, Georgia Virginia, Tech? Virginia, Georgia Tech, yeah, can't hot garbage. Yeah. We got the National Football League tonight, gentlemen. We got guess the lines coming uh, up. We do. There. I just don't like you, that I you, can't flip around. Like it's, it, I hate that it's a dedicated channel. Look, Thursday's are, become one of my favorite nights. Are we it's actually been one calling this a, a good football game tonight? No. I mean, it's Dude. a football game. DeAndre Hopkins is back. I have him in like every league. Well, and I'm okay, pumped so you to have watch a Personal him. interest. That's but right. Like the Saints are neutered. They don't, I mean, no one's playing. No big deal. I know the Miz is over there crying somewhere as his team is just dreadful, awful. And we this week we don't have Justin Jefferson. We don't have Gabe Davis. Bye weeks. Yeah, a lot of bye weeks this week. I've noted my whole team's on buys. And we're hunting and week. oh here's our here's our here's our next wave of wide receivers. We're just gonna roll out a T. Higgins at you. We're gonna roll out a DeAndre Hopkins at you. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. They come in waves. They come in waves. What's the baby. name of the team? Can you say it? Yeah, we're the Soon Inc. Snakes. Sooning? Soon Inc. Like Soon Inc. Incorporated. Okay. Because we call each other Soon and then Soon Inc. and then Snakes, because one time we like made a we made a great trade like eight years ago, early on in the league. And Miz said that we're like a bunch of just snakes, just snakes vipers. in the grass. And Is just it UNS? Praying. Yeah, it's no, it's me and uh, Vince Condi, friend of the show. Oh, okay, all right, very Soon. good. Me and S are he can't me, shoot, me and S. We can't say that team name. No, the Waffles got no release. Yeah, it's me and the Waff. Waffles got no release. Sad. Nothing. I don't know what happened. He's got a he's got a basketball academy though. He's training young shooters. I hope they don't no. see that video. <laughs> he's actually he's yeah, well, no, that was not a good day for him, but. Me and S have a team as well that we that that name is no can't for the Funk Man. Oh God bless the Funk Man. You got that was a fun funk man to bring back the Funk Man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the best. Who <laughs> should I get a watch? It's better than that. <laughs> it is. Which watch do you like? No, just give me Funk Man jokes. That's all you be, need. We're gonna be great. Uh, all right. <laughs> should I get a watch? What a ridiculous! I was like in the middle of things. It was right show. now. It was like at this time of the which, day. Which one is this one better is than this, this one? one? I don't know. I don't which know, one dude. do you like? Get, kind get, of subjective, brother. Get, get the one you like. Taste the subjective. It's all the same. It's Whatever great. you want. Doesn't affect me. Uh, here's your injury update uh, from yesterday. From the Ravens' point of view, Mark Andrews, Clayus Campbell, Ben Cleveland, J.K. Dobbins, Devin Duvernay, um, all of those for rest. Morgan Moses, Marcus Peters were rest as well. Pat Ricard did not practice. Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's a lot of it. It's basically their whole team rested. Yeah. You know, they'll be, they're going to be. I don't see anything big coming out of there, do you? 
The Mark no, guys need no you don't know about Morgan oh, Moses. Mor Morgan Moses left the game with a heel injury in the second quarter against the Giants, and their backups, Patrick McCarry or Daniel Folley, are bad. So that would be a significant one. I think they're optimistic, obviously. Um, and then just defensively, you don't know who they're going to get back. With. It, Justin Houston's been out the last three. Did he? He's on that list, I would imagine. He is, yeah. Out? Did not practice? Uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Houston, Rashad Bateman, Ronnie Staley, Justin limited, Houston limited, did not practice. Limited, limited, Justin Houston, Justin Houston, okay. limited. So then he could maybe be back. The guys they haven't had, they haven't had Bateman in two weeks. They haven't had Houston in three weeks. So those would be returns. I mean, Lamar's playing. I would say this. Yeah, they're all playing. Other than the, the two, obviously Andrews and Lamar, Lamar first, then Andrews most important. And then Bateman, I would put third. Because I don't think it even matters who the running back is right now. Like, but if Bateman plays, then that would give them a nice boost. If yeah, he's averaging twenty two point one yards a catch this he's year. He's a dude. I told you that yeah. when he played at Minnesota, he's he's an absolute dude. So that's that would be something to, that bears yeah. uh, a little bit of watching. Our guys getting back out there. Uh, you did see the comments from Joel Batonio today, echoing a lot of the statements from John Johnson yesterday about preparedness and those type of things. Uh, this is a young team that feels like is teetering, and you have veterans leaders who know what it takes to win in this league two of them in Batonio and Johnson saying yeah we we're not be doing it and the proof is it. that we're two and four that's yeah. the proof that we're not doing it so we've got to be better and I think part of it is you're always looking for answers right when you're not achieving the way that you should be and I think that that's an easy place to start right yeah. we're blown aside because we're not prepared well enough it's something that for example like what's seven times six 42 it should be right there and if you're because you've prepared, you've done it your whole life, and now it's second nature. But when you're not as prepared, you might be seven times. Let me see if I can seven yep. and fourteen and twenty-one and I'm like uh, twenty-eight, thirty-five, like forty-two. Yeah, like that's the difference between blowing a coverage and not. So I think that's what they're saying. There, you can always do more, right? It can be your. It's got to be somewhat of a lifestyle. I think we've been saying that for a while. It has to be a lifestyle to want to maximize your ability. Some of that's innate, and some of that will be through a work ethic that is acquired or taught in terms of, you know, seeing guys. You know, Joel Batonio got to start his career in between the Hoff and Alex Mack. So I'm sure he had tremendous role models in his room of, look, this is what it takes. Yeah. Especially in the Hoff's case. We heard his, you know, dissertation on what it takes. You know, I think there's a reason in our receiver room that a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones is progressing. Great coaching from Chad O'Shea. Mm -hmm. And you've got a guy in Amari Cooper who's like, this is what it takes. Well, and who do you have last year? Last year you had Odell Jarvis and Jarvis. Landry. Right, and you had those this guys. This is how you practice. Of course, this is, how you, this is what it takes. Yeah, and so, you couldn't get Jarvis off the field. That's what you need, I think. And sometimes something for these guys, you know, we need that. We need that little, a swift little kick in the pants. And because this season is on the brink, no doubt. Now, if you'd said, who cares what the records were? If we were 5-1 and one, and both the Ravens and the Bengals were 6-0, and oh, now you'd say, okay, we can still make the wild card. But the same scenario would be true. You play both of them. You win them both. You're first place in the division. You lose them both. Now you're two games back of both of them. You're not really in a good spot. You lose one of them, you're going to be most likely two games back of that team. So this is it's all here. I don't know that you can just flip a switch. It's got to be something that I think is like ingrained in you and something that you've built and yeah. stacked upon week after week after week. But it is troubling that that's being said. The good news is, is go out and win, and you can fix it. Yeah, results fix it. I think what's interesting is like, were there any? And I didn't see it. I know you didn't see it either. There were no hints that anything was going to be a miss in camp 
or through the early part of the season. It was only it really all. Did you see it in camp? I mean, no. you're teetering. Or did, did I miss something in camp? I didn't see it. No, in and camp. I felt like we competed well with the Eagles. It was clear to me that the Eagles were more physical than we were. No question, um, especially on the two lines of scrimmage where it was. Yeah, but we close. still, I thought, had a pretty good accounting of ourselves in those joint practices. So no, it wasn't like when we went up to Buffalo and it was in 2015, and it was like, uh, yeah, we're gonna get smoked. It wasn't like that. So no, there wasn't any indications. And again, all the questions were on the offense. And yeah. maybe that was part of it. We weren't worried about the defense. I think that's it. I we think were we, only looking yeah. at the offense. And Jacoby Brissett's been before last week great. I think what I think you're probably right. I think what probably happened was we knew that we had everybody back defensively and or mo- most everybody back and that the unit would actually be improved. Yeah. And it was a, one of the better units in the NFL the yes. last three quarters of the season last year. And so you, there was no reason to even pay close attention to what was happening there. And maybe that's – I don't know. Maybe that's what seeped into this whole operation. It's it's hard to say. You mentioned season on the brink. The Bob Knight book. John Feinstein wrote that, season on the brink. That's right. Pedro, big Bob Knight fan? I feel like he would be. Zago was a monstrous really? Bob Knight fan. Huge fan of the general Robert Montgomery Knight because Zago did his, I think, got his doctorate at Indiana. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So, so there was there yeah. was some time Pedro there. had to be an admirer. I mean, their I mean, style would be very similar based be. on what. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. 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 I have no idea how this came up. And at some point, I, I have a text out to Fontana, but Fontana posted this from Joel Batonius Presser today. Obviously, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of players talking yeah. about a lot of newsworthy things. Yeah. This might be the biggest one. Joel Batonio said he had Thanksgiving dinner at Joe Thomas's house early in his career. I don't even know how this topic came up, but clearly it did. The meal memory is when a chef prepared some duck that Joe had shot. Joel got a BB of the bird, sh- uh, of Easy. The bird shot in his piece that he almost ate. Okay. So, so that happens. Joe didn't prepare it. No, but that happens. That like happens. you know, when we would we would yeah. hunt the birds. It's a, it happens. Like you get a little bird shot in there, that'll happen. You know, shotgun. You know, that's the way that it works. It's a bunch of little BBs that get them, I, I, and there you go. How did the Thanksgiving conversation come up today? We're this is what I think. This is how I think it got there. Uh, how to be a pro, all of that. I learned and, from Joe. And Joel said it. Yeah. I learned from Joe Thomas. I remember him inviting to my house for Thanksgiving, and I we actually had duck, and yeah. then it led to all of that. I wonder what type of duck. The Hoff is serving. Is that a because there's like those the white ones that you see that are like the domestic guys, and then there's the mallards. Like, such, do you shoot mallards and eat them? You do. People do. I wouldn't. But what do you get like when? What kind of a duck is it when it's served like a fine French restaurant? When I think of duck, I think at a French restaurant, or maybe a little raspberry Chinese sauce or something like that. Peking, Peking duck. duck. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you get a little bit of that. Um, I assume that that's like the white duck, like the domestic duck that's fattened up. It's like, like you've seen oh, those guys. Oh, yeah, just waddling yeah. around. Sure, like a little duck. I don't think you're getting mallards. I would hope. I don't. It doesn't feel that way. They're green heads. Yeah, I like those guys. They're on, in little suits. On the little gentlemen. On the gentlemen, yeah. Have any of those guys ever messed with you ever? Of course not. No. They know their place. I'm good. They got a nice suit on. They made for here. life. That's it. I like those guys a lot. Yeah. Um, what type of duck? In our, in, our, uh, in the little mini lake that our house sits on, We've got a. Uh, there's always duck butts when they're down there. Yeah, yeah. They, when they go dive down and there are little duck butts floating around the top of the surface. All right. It looks like what we're talking about. Yeah, that's what I thought. These guys. This is what you're getting. Those guys. Oh, baby. Yeah, that's the guy. 
That's what you're getting there. I told you that, but starting to cook. Now that I found that duck fat, if you make yeah, anything that, that duck fat, I like that. Yeah, making like a French stew. Oh, just adds a layer of just complexity, deliciousness. Yeah, delight. Here's your. Um, here's your. Uh, this week's example of how Ohio State is different than everybody they play real quickly before we get out of here in this first segment. Uh, they play Iowa this week. Iowa has three receivers on their roster with at least three catches this season. Conversely, Ohio State has three receivers on their roster with at least five touchdown what? catches this season. Uh, one of those like who that. does not is Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's the best receiver in the country because he hasn't played because he's been injured. So that's what there you, you look forward to. On that, uh, what you have to look forward to on this fine program is a one-on-one -on -one with the Chief. It's coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Very happy to be joined now by the friend of the show, number one ranked, the Chief, David Njoku. Chief, What's kind of the mindset right now? Things have not gone the way you guys have wanted. Lost three in a row, but you get Baltimore now, Cincinnati the next two weeks, division games, you're one game out, and still very much if you win these ones, control your own destiny. Absolutely. You know, we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. You know, we're going to attack every day, you know, like the way we should. Um, we got to be accountable. We got to execute. We got to just do all the small things right, and we, we will be just fine. You guys had been humming as an offense last week, obviously not as good against the New England Patriots. Was it anything they did, or was it more things that you guys did or did not do? No, they have a great defense, but I feel like uh, in most cases we were hurting ourselves, You know, just like the small things that we made mistakes on or mental errors on or whatever. So like I said, we just got to just take a deep breath you know, and attack every day. Uh, just be more present. You know, Today we're going we're gonna to worry about t today, tomorrow, tomorrow, and then so forth. For you personally, last four weeks, you know, you've been on a heck of a run catching the football. Slow in the early season, you didn't say much, and then all of a sudden you had the three straight games with five catches or more than 70 yards. You've had at least 50 yards in four straight games. What's, how's that connection with Jacoby Brissett kind of started to click? Yeah, we have, we're, we're clicking for sure. We're, uh, we have really good chemistry. He's a great leader, you know, and obviously a, a great quarterback. So just got to just uh, keep building off of uh, the previous weeks. For you personally, do you feel, have you taken on more of a leadership role this year? Uh, yeah, I think so. Just like just in terms of just trying to help the the younger guys, you know, um, just bring bring them with with us. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, just whatever I can do to help the team, you know, be successful is, is what I'll do. Would you say you more lead by example, or are you starting to get a little bit more vocal? Because look, the fact of the matter is, you've been here as long as anybody. You are one of the best players on this football team. You do it absolutely the right way. And, you know, I think that attitude is something that would be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Whatever it takes, actions, words, whatever um, I can do to help anybody on the team just, you know, show their best self is what I'm here for. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about this Ravens team because it's a big game, division game, an opportunity there, one game ahead of you right now, chance to even that up and get the head-to-head -head win, go to 2-0 and in the AFC North. What have you seen from them when you put them on in preparation? Great team, great team, great offense, great defense, and great special teams, you know, so we have our, our, our hands full. Um, it's going to be a great test, a great challenge, and uh, I'm very excited. How close do you think you guys are to kind of putting it all together? Uh, you know, this is... 
ongoing talk of you know how close we are you know and everything and um initially like the, the earlier weeks i was talking about you know we're very close you know but talking doesn't really do anything we have to show that we are putting it together we, we, we put it together you know what i'm saying so um we're gonna focus on what we what gotta do to execute better to be better you know on all sides of the ball and yeah just get the job done do you feel like there's a sense of urgency there's always a sense of urgency, especially in the NFL. You know, um, so one 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 thing that I live by that helped me get to where I am was just the, the the thought of nobody being safe. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're not doing your job to a high you know um, standard, you know, you're not safe. And even if you are, you know, you're not safe. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like that that mentality that I have, it helps me. You know, push harder. You know, go the extra mile of doing whatever I gotta do to be a better player. Well, we see it on the field. Thanks so much for the time. Best of luck on Sunday. Thanks, Nate. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Yeah. He's got to have a big one. Yeah, you need him. And here's a fun little fun factoid for you. David Njoku on the season, 27 catches, 347 yards, one touchdown. 27 catches, fifth among all tight ends, 347 yards, fourth among all tight ends. But his 340 yards receiving since week two are second in the NFL behind only Mark Andrews at the tight end position. Mark Andrews is so good, it's, it's, it's absurd, by the way. He's and, one of those guys, I think, because they don't throw it as much as Kelsey and certainly Kittle, even when he was at his peak, that I don't know that he gets the attention um, but he should because he's sensational. So just run through a few things for you. Yeah, please. Seven touchdowns in his last six games against the Browns. God. And eight That's what it feels like. Eight career games versus Cleveland, 40 catches, 510 yards, seven touchdowns. Okay. This year, 39 catches, 455, and five, almost on the Ravens. He is second amongst tight ends in receptions and touchdowns, tied for first in yards, all with Kelsey. His next 100-yard game will be the 10th of his career, which will be the most in Baltimore Ravens franchise history for anybody. He's hard with tied with Mark Clayton right now. Mark Clayton was like a meteor. He had like one really good year, and then it was gone. Oklahoma guy too, right? Yeah, son of yeah. Mike Clayton, right? No. Well, wasn't there was a Mike? There was a Mark Clayton and Mark Duper who both played for the Dolphins. Oh, son of that Mark Clayton, then yeah. So it's they named him right. I think at, so. Ran it right back. I thought so. I thought that I thought that there was a relation there. All right, I've also oh, done MC Junior. Could be. Um, getting some reconnaissance. Uh, this from our buddy AK, who's up in Alaska. He went duck hunting last weekend in Alaska, and he said, let me tell you, they're going to be full of buckshot when they hit the plate. He also said there's no way Hoff is getting domestic ducks to eat. If he got them himself, I guarantee you they're wild. And as I was doing some quick research, I think if you are going to hunt a wild duck, you are hunting a mallard. Wow. Which doesn't feel ideal. Like I, You no. guys know how I feel about birds, but like, yeah. I honestly think like I could have a mallard as a pet. You could. Don't you think? Like, uh, I've got them around on... in the, my backyard in the retention They're pond. gorgeous. They come up. They actually, like, hang out with my dogs. Yeah, they're not aggressive. They're no. just chilling, man. And my dogs are like, hey, these, these things are kind of cool. Cool little heads, man. They seem like they're nice. You know? If I got one on a leash, like Ziggy from The Wire, when he was walking around with that duck. <laughs> Why not? Didn't last long. He's giving it whiskey. That's probably the reason. Well, Apparently based on a true story. That that whole scene. What are you looking up still? You're trying Mark to see Clayton if they're related. Lineage? I don't think they are. Oh boy. I don't think so. No. Not. 
Not Amazing true. to also be a Mark Clayton, though. But he actually, here's the craziest part, is the Mark Clayton did actually name his firstborn son Mark Gregory Clayton II. So there is a Mark that Clayton. Mark Clayton does have another Mark Clayton. It's just not this Mark Clayton. It's not this Mark Clayton. And initially you said Michael Clayton, which is right. a fantastic movie. <laughs> right? Am I wrong? It's very rewatchable. Very. It's fantastic. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry, enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of October. Be entered to win four VIP Browns tickets to an upcoming home game. Just mention promo code BROWNS. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions may apply. You'll hear from our offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt. We'll do that side of the matchup coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams. Why not transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience? They can do it for you in about a day at the Bath Authority. Let them make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They're experts and factory-trained installers can help you. And if you call them right now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality superior products with expert installers at the bath authority 216-220-8399 500 bucks off right now if you tell them that Bo sent you on that and now we start our matchup previews with our offense versus their defense and our offensive coordinator alex van pelt coach the past you scheme you guys up well wise it felt like they couldn't get to that second level like he normally does yeah that was uh that was disappointing you know we didn't play our best uh really across the board you know, we um, couldn't get couldn't get the run going like we like to, like we usually do, and that's credit to them. That's a good defense or a stout front for sure, and they played well, and we didn't that day. Uh, with Wyatt going through this calf injury now, I mean, I know he told us he's probably unlikely to be able to play this week. I guess just how much of a loss was, was he throughout the second half of that game on Sunday, and would he be if he has to miss some time here? Yeah, I mean, obviously you'd like to have your, your five starters in, so anytime you lose one of those guys, it's, uh, you know, it's a loss, but... Um, Yelda will step in and, and play well if he can't go, um, and hopefully he'll be back soon. But, um, you know, we, we like our guys, our starters, as well as our backups. We expect them to play at a high level when they get in the game. Yeah, Alex, on that first interception by Jacoby, does he need to throw that sooner? Like, was Farrell <laughs> open early in the play, and he just think we waited too long? Uh, a little combination of decision-making, um, you know, just playing smarter that early in the game, not trying to make a uh, high level of difficulty in, in the throw. Um, yes, if he'd have thrown it further, it, it may have gotten there. But, um, you know, really just want to make sure we take care of the football uh, moving forward. And that's one I know, you know, he wasn't happy with the decision to, to try that so early in the game. So that's not the number one read there? It, it, it's I mean, part it's of the read. It's part of the read for sure. Um, but, you know, the big thing we ask for on uh, in, in the keeper game is to not have negative plays, whether it be sacks or, or, or incompletion is okay in that situation. So looking back, just throw it away, get back in the huddle on second down. Kind of off that, Alex, it seemed like Jacoby was trying to press downfield a little bit more, even to a point of passing up wide open guys underneath. Was that just game plan for the week, or is that something that he was just seeing out there? Yeah, I think sometimes you, that's what you see. That's what you do. You see, you see somebody open, you pull the trigger. Um, 
you know, we, you know, we'll get back into the completion mindset moving forward. Uh, I think that's when we play the best offensively is when we're just taking what's there. Where you want it to be, but you're looking back and preparing for the weeks ahead. Does that give you confidence to keep going with that run game, even when it's looking a little slow? Do you feel that you can move it forward in the games to come? Yeah, I think so. I think that game dictated, uh, you know, us to get away from the run game by the score uh, at certain points. Um, obviously, we, you know, we want to run it more, uh, get the ball in those guys' hands, uh, and use that offensive line and our tight ends up front. Um, sometimes the game doesn't allow that to happen. So I know we've, we're very confident in the run game. We feel great about where we are. We just had a you know a, set, a step back uh, last week and continue um, moving forward to think we'll have success in the run. The four of twelve between uh, Jacoby and, and Amari. What do you attribute that to mostly? Just wasn't their day. Really, I, you know, they they have a good bond. They have a real good relationship. But where they are, they communicate really well. Sometimes it, it just doesn't come to fruition. Thanks. When you look at that Ravens defense, first of all, is is their run defense similar similar to what the Patriots do? Um, you know, as far as it can be, big it, it can be. You know, the the fad throughout the league right now is teams playing multiple fronts out of multiple personnel groupings, and that seems to have taken off. You know, across the league. So, you know, I think we'll see five on the line fronts. We'll see nickel fronts that. Uh, give you an odd structure and make it look like a three-down base front. So, um, seen a lot of that this year. Um, you know, we just have to be ready to adjust and make sure we're communicating what structure of defense we're, we're running against. And in the back end, what do they do so well to create the number of takeaways that they have? Uh, very talented back end. Uh, you know, for sure, uh, the corners are outstanding players. Um, you know, Clark's a really good safety. Plays down in the box. Uh, they played in that scheme for a while together now, so they're playing well as a unit. Your approach when, when they have so many takeaways, you know, eight interceptions, four recoveries, what's your mindset as you, as you head into the game against that? Um, overemphasis on ball security. You know, it's always our number one goal in the game is to come out with zero giveaways. Um, we got to double down on that this week. Coach, what's the biggest challenge for you to get the most out of your guys, not just when they're here, but when they're away and getting that game plan ready when they're away from the facility? Yeah, just you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about commitment this week, and you know, it's what can you do extra? What what can you do more that we haven't done to this point moving forward? Um, that's kind of what we've talked about as a unit, as a group. Um, it's those extra, spend an extra hour in the playbook at night, and watch some tape, whatever that is. Um, you know, communicate with your your fellow teammates about certain plays, whatever that could be. Let's you know, find a way to just make improvements this week. But your younger receivers, you know, David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, Michael Woods, how are they coming along and what more do you need to see from them over the next few weeks? Yeah, I think David Bell's fit right in. They silently made plays when we've asked him to. Um, the ball finds him when he's open um, and he catches the ball and, and makes positive yards. It was good to see Mike Woods get into a game last week for the first time and had a catch. So these young guys got to step up and come on and they are feel good about where they're at. All right, there's AVP at the podium. We went over some of the specifics of the uh, matchup. I wanted to run uh, this by you because I think six games, this too much feels true to me, and especially will be true on Sunday. We have to dictate the script. We, we are not a chase offense. It's not what it is. We've, no. we've got to score early. Uh, we've got to have success in the first half of games. That way we can stay in games. Yep. If, if it goes the other way, what happens is what happened in the game on Sunday where it's really uphill because it's just not how we're made as currently constructed. 
No, and that's a tough part with the Baltimore Ravens. They have scored first in every game they've played this year. They've been ahead or tied at the end of the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter in every single game that they've played this year. They have not allowed a single point on an opponent's opening possession this year. They're the only team that does it, not even a field goal. And so, yeah, this is this is a tough matchup, but you're right. We've got to dictate it. And now this is a team that has done historically pretty well against the Browns, and especially Nick Chubb. He's been under 100 yards rushing in five straight against Baltimore. He is only 100-yard game of his career was Week 4, 2019, when we had that big win in Baltimore. He ran for 165 and three touchdowns. The other seven games against the Ravens, averaging 41 yards, 3.6 yards of carry, and has just two total touchdowns. And you go last year. In Baltimore, eight carries, 16 yards for Chubb, seven rushes, 20 yards for Hunt. Even in the win at home, 17 carries, 59 yards for Chubb, two rushes, five yards for Kareem Hunt. So they, they're going to be big up front. They're going to get around that line of scrimmage. They're going to dare us you know, to try to beat them through the air. And they feel like, look, even though our pass D so far this year is 28th in the league, 267.7 yards a game, we're going to get some interceptions. We know that. we got takeaways right now. They've got eight picks, four fumble recoveries, 12 total takeaways, third most in the league. Uh, they have a takeaway in eight straight games, the longest streak in the NFL, 16 takeaways the last eight games, which is the most in the NFL. They've got two young defensive tackles who are playing well. Justin Matabuke already has two and a half sacks this year, which is a career high and leads the Ravens. Uh, they have Travis Jones, was a name that was bandied about for the Browns quite a bit, who has started to become a, a, a big player. Last week, career high four tackles, had his first sack of his career, uh, a tackle for loss, two quarterback hits, and it was his first start against the Giants. So not bad for their third-round pick. Uh, rushing the passer, you still got Calais Campbell, the six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's got two sacks this season. You've got Adafe Owe out of Penn State, their first-round pick a year ago. He only has one sack so far this year, but he has a team-high 18 pressures. Campbell has 17, second most on the team. Give you some context. 18 and 17 would be second and third on our team because Miles Garrett has 28 on this season. He only played five games. Jason Pierre-Paul. The veteran is Still with them. Still around, too, yeah. Still around. He's got a sack. He started the last three games for him on the season. Uh, they've got Justin Houston, who's missed the last three, but had two sacks in the first three games. And if he can come back, obviously he still knows how to get to the quarterback. He's got 104 career sacks. Jason Pierre-Paul's got 92.5 career sacks. Clay's Campbell, 95.5 career sacks. they got three guys with over 90 sacks in their careers there. We have nobody on our roster with that many. And, in fact, we have many people who have zero. That's right. For their career in our defensive end room. Uh, linebackers, Patrick Queen, uh, 38 tackles, second on the team. Uh, great blitzer. He already has two and a half sacks and a forced fumble. Ten pressures. He's got an interception. The forced fumble I mentioned, two tackles for losses. He does have eight missed tackles, though, which is the most on the Ravens, and he's still a liability a little bit in coverage, but having a very nice season. Uh, then you go to the back end. It's the two corners. Marlon Humphrey, a two-time Pro Bowler. Marcus Peters himself is a three-time Pro Bowler. Um, so these are guys who have you know can pick the ball off. Humphrey, 11 career interceptions. He led the NFL with eight forced fumbles in 2020. Weird stat for a corner, but so it's something to keep an eye on. And then Marcus Peters, he has an, a pick already, five passes defense. They play three safeties. 30% of the time, Dime, number one in the league. Uh, and those safeties are Chuck Clark, who leads the team with 40 tackles. He's been a four-year starter. Geno Stone is now starting. He's not so great in coverage, better against the run. He's starting because Marcus Williams, their big free agent signing from the Saints, is out. And then Kyle Hamilton, uh, the rookie, now that I dug in that I could answer your question better, uh, has been a huge liability in coverage. 
giving up 88% completions, two touchdowns, a rating of 158.3 when targeted. And in fact, in the season, only has 12 tackles all year, and he's wow. only playing 38% of their snaps, no starts. So That's wild how it just hasn't clicked for him yet. It has not clicked. Really, he was so good. He was really good at Notre Dame. So, so yeah. They're big up front, as we talked about. They've got, you know, Travis Jones is 334. Broderick Washington, who plays uh, a lot for them up front, he's 314. Matabuke is 293. He plays that three technique. Um, and then on the edges, though, that's where they're a little lighter. Owe is 257. You want to run right at him. Pierre Paul, Houston, they're both 270. So bigger guys who can a little sturdier, but neither one have ever been known to be run defenders. Maybe Pierre Paul back in his Giants days, but Justin Houston, always a speed guy. So yeah, we've got to try to get after them. Uh, from a coverage standpoint, their number one coverage is cover three, 27% of the time. That's 20th in the league, so not a ton of it. They play really a lot of everything. Uh, they are, as I said, you know, 80% of the time in nickel or dime. That is the new base defense in the NFL. Um, they've got 15 sacks tied for 11th. They had four last week. They have 11 sacks in their last four games, and they have four games this season of three or more sacks. So they will come after you. Uh, they will bring the pressure, cover zero. As I said, no points on the opening drive. And then here's one thing to note. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, pass defense, 552 yards and six touchdowns allowed in the fourth quarter alone of games, which is just a wild stand. It's the reason why they're 3-3 three and three despite going into the fourth quarter with a lead or tied in all six games, never trailing, never trailing. Gibby wants to know, give him an X factor for this week. Who's somebody who you'll have your eye on other than the normal? Who needs uh, to have a big game? Well, we've got to be able to run the ball, so I think that that's important. So then the X factors become, you know, how does Yelda Froholt fill in for Wyatt Teller at right guard? Did a good job last week. Um, but I'll give I'll give two. Uh, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, is a little bit of an X factor. He's had at least 50 yards in four straight games. Last year against them, had five catches for 90 yards in our last meeting with the Ravens. So I think that's a little bit of an X factor. They're going to give a lot of attention to Amari Cooper. And then I'll actually say a third receiver because if you know Humphrey and Peters are occupied with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper, maybe Michael Woods. Michael Woods showed me some. Remember One catch, him, 15 yards. Remember him from training First camp? First week of camp. You know, David Bell for the season – He's played a lot. Mm -hmm. To have six catches for 68 yards on the season just feels like it's a lot of empty reps out there. Now maybe he's doing stuff that's opening things up for other people, but it feels that way, whereas Mike Woods has a little bit of juice to him, so I like him. Uh, and then it'd be nice to see you know, Harrison Bryant, Pharaoh Brown, one of our other tight ends, you know, have a nice day. Brown had two catches for 21 yards, but you know, we got to get these guys into the end zone. That's what's wild about our, our team right now. So Amari's got four touchdowns. The Chiefs got one touchdown receiving in terms of what Jacoby's thrown for on the season because mm -hmm. he's, thrown, he's thrown six touchdowns on the year, um, and one of them has been to Kareem Hunt. So that's 4-1-1. DPJ, no touchdowns. Schwartz, no touchdowns. Bell, no touchdowns. Harrison Bryant, who has had three scores each last year, nothing. So maybe getting somebody else involved that hasn't gotten into the end zone yet would be good. And then it's kind of the same thing, you know, when we'll get to our defense. But one of these guys like Alex Wright, Isaac Rochelle, Isaiah Thomas, all don't have a sack. Taven Bryan, he's now he's got ten pressures. He doesn't have a sack. Perion yeah. Winfrey doesn't have a sack. Togiai's got half a sack. Jordan Elliott's got one sack. It's like Miles and then nobody else. Yeah. Especially without Clowney. We need Clowney. Tough to go about your business that way, and we'll get to the defensive side of the matchup. You'll hear from Joe Woods in just a minute. When a medical state causes you injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. As I mentioned, Joe Woods coming up. We'll guess the lines coming up as well in this hour of the program and go behind enemy lines. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Motors, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. And now we do the matchup on the other side. The most critical, our defense versus their offense. Here's your defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. Ready to keep you up at night. No. Um, yeah. Given the success you guys did have last year against him, did you, did you feel like you figured something out, or was that just kind of a game that – he made some mistakes. It went your way. Um, just in general, how did you feel about how you did last year with him? You know, looking back at the games, uh, definitely felt like we played better. Um, and it comes down to scheme. It's, it's really for us, we always look at it as a rules game. Because of the unique run game, uh, the quarterback, they make you play with 11. So you don't want to get too complicated with what you're doing. You just want to make sure you're sound. And they have so much offense. So when you watch it, I mean, you're going blind. Um, you're not going to get it all, but you're going to get a good piece of it. How do you try to scheme to maybe find that one guy on defense that they can expose? Do, do they do that or because of the system that they run that they're not necessarily trying that? No, I, just, I think they do what they do. Um, they're going to look at our defense, uh, package their run game, what they want to run against us. Uh, in the passing game, um, you can see, you know, they're getting rid of the ball fast. He's making good decisions. Um, he's accurate, but they're also taking their shots down the field. So you really have to be able to deal with everything. But I don't think it's anything specific in terms of targeting guys. Deion Jones, closer yes. to playing, will he play? You know, we're taking it day by day because uh, he's learned the system, uh, getting comfortable with the techniques. Um, uh, hopefully he plays, but we'll see. And Denzel, do you expect to have them back this week? It's the same thing day by day. So I think JD's going to be out there on the field today. But it's this one of those things we have to see how they feel. Joe, last week you said that this defense has the talent to be top five in the league. Yes. You know, given the way you guys played last year, right now you're ranked 31st. Yeah. What do you make of that through six games? I did not know that. No. Um, no, I did already. I honestly you just look back and. You know, in games, like you see the scores, you see the yards, but it really comes down to like three or four plays. You know, if you make a play, now you're not out there for the next eight plays. You don't give it those scores. And I just felt like we've been inconsistent in terms of executing the scheme, uh, in terms of fundamentals. Uh, you saw that last week. For us, from a coaching standpoint, there's things, you know, I know you guys asked the question, what are we doing more? What are we doing more? There's things we want to do, but if you're not consistent and playing well, you, you're really trying to pull back until you can get that. Um, so there's a lot of things to answer your question. We just got to get we got to get better. The perception for the outside, there's a multitude of issues. Yeah. You know, how difficult is it to correct any of them when they have an impact on one another? Like you want to stop the run more, that puts you in tough yeah. spots in the passing game, vice versa. Yeah, you know, and that's part of it. And you're referring to last week, you know, we, we had to be more aggressive to stop the run. I mean, they have a huge offensive line. And I think outside of the third down play, um, probably 60, 70 yards, which was a big improvement for us. But when you do that, you're in more one-on-one -on -one situations. But I have confidence in our secondary. You know, that's my background. I don't have problems matching them up. Um, they hit us on, made some good throws. 
uh, caught us in some good coverages. But I, I believe we can make those plays. But it's a balance of both. About guys maybe not taking things home with them, and then we hear you're not able to do everything that you want to do. Is is that the reason why they're not doing extra stuff? No, I wouldn't say that. It's it's really in general. Is when when you're playing well, then you feel more comfortable because there's things you do and you say, okay, we did that, it had success. Let's add a little twist to it, you know, and you just keep building it and you get your library. But when you're having the issues we have, you got to say, hold on a second. Let's get things fixed first, and then let's get to some things that we feel we're having success with. But in terms of um, what John said, and somebody just told me, but that's that's his players learn how to be a, pro, a professional. And when you have young guys, it's just not what you do in the building. It's like what you do when you go home. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that's what he was referring to. Not to use that as an excuse, but is it yeah. there not enough veteran guys on that defense to kind of show them the way? Yeah, no, it's never an excuse. And I don't ever want to come across like I'm making excuses, and I hope I don't do that. Um, it's just everybody has to learn how to do it their own way, whatever that is, whether it's learning from a veteran, whether it's learning from some other guy you know uh, in the league. It's just what do you do day to day? And we try to help them. That's one of the first things I do in the offseason. I have a weekly schedule that I should always give to my guys in terms of what to look at every day, but it's something they'll, they'll learn along the way. How do you coach it? What are the challenges when a guy like a tight end like Mark Andrews is the obvious number one target for yeah. Lamar? That's why it's tough, right? Let's say that you go and try to double him, now you're short a gap in the run game, and now Lamar's going for 150. So it has to be balanced. You know what I mean? So for us, it's this. Having enough calls where there's balance in terms of defending the run and at times having the ability to take away uh, the tight end. Is this a talky game? I think it's a it's a JOK game. I think it's a Ronnie Harrison game. You know, you go back and you look last Everybody year. Up. When you go back and you look at the game last year against this defense or against this offense, I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll focus on the game in Baltimore. Lamar, 20 of 32, 165 yards, one touchdown, four picks, 17 carries, 68 yards. 17 carries, 68 yards. I'm not much of a mathematician, but that's exactly four yards a carry there. Um, that tells you right there that you did a great job. He's averaging eight yards a carry this season. So yeah. we go in and you break it down. All right. You had Ronnie Harrison, team-high 14 tackles and an interception. See, he has that in him. JOK, 13 tackles, a half a sack, and a tackle for a loss in that one. And so those are the guys that I think you need to step up. And then the game here, Delpit had a team-high 11 tackles. You need those guys that you have, your lighter guys who can run around and make plays for you, make plays. And JOK, you know, snaps down to 33 last week. He's missed nine tackles this year, which is the most on the team. He's... He's struggling a little bit the last few weeks. Um, and, and so you need him to be good. And you need, you know, Taki is playing well. Taki's the number 18 linebacker at Pro Football Focus. That makes him, you know, one of the top 32, makes him one of the top 18 linebackers in the league. But you think about, you know, 32 teams. So he's playing at a high level, especially against the run. We're playing so much base, though, this year, which is so uncharacteristic, I think, of what we want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and we're doing that to cover up some of the deficiencies in our ground game, especially since we lost Anthony Walker Jr. And you hope Deion Jones can help you, but you know he's in that same mold, 227, 6'1", 227. He's more of a coverage guy, 11 career picks, pro bowler. He's got five 100 tackle seasons, so you hope that he can help. But, yeah, this is those guys there at the linebacker position than the safeties. You know, Ronnie only played five snaps last week.
season low. You need him in this game. Or DeAnthony Bell. You need a third safety to run around, make some plays for you. But Ronnie's, this is kind of why he's here. It's why JOK's here. You need all those guys. But I need an Isaac Rochelle, an Alex Wright, an Isaiah Thomas, somebody to step up. Now, it sounds like we'll have Clowney, which is great news. We said that. you know, And so maybe you're going to play those guys the whole time. And Clowney was excellent last year against uh, the Ravens. You know, He had one and a half sacks, a tackle for a loss. Miles had a sack both games. He had that sack strip fumble touchdown in the game at home. That was against Huntley, not against Lamar. Um, Actually, it may have been against Lamar. Was it the play Lamar got hurt on? Maybe. Anyway, Lamar only threw four passes in that game. Huntley yeah. threw for 270 yards and kind of came in in relief. But, yeah, we need it's all hands on deck here. You know, they've got Mark Andrews, who is the primary weapon, so much so that his 39 catches are more than the next three guys on the team's receptions combined. They have 38. Duvernay's hit some big plays so far this year. He has three touchdowns. you got to watch him. If Bateman's back, he's averaging 22 yards a catch. He's got two touchdowns, and he's missed two games. So those are the guys you got to watch out for. You can't give up the big plays. That's what I think we need to keep them in front. Lamar will give you the ball. He's thrown a pick in four straight games and five out of the last six. He's got six picks on the season. He will give you the football at some point, and especially you know it's happened a lot in the fourth quarter, four picks in the fourth quarter so far this year. Not an easy matchup. They're very good. They're big up front. You know, if Morgan Moses is back, think about their line. Stanley's 315. Ben Powers, the left guard's 340. The center is 305. Zeitler's 340. Moses is 320. If they play one of their backup guys, this Daniel Foley guy's 6'8", 380. Now, he's dreadful. I mean, he gave up two sacks in like half of a game. Makari's 310. And then they have Patrick Ricard, who's a 305 extra lineman fullback who's out there. He was on 45 of their uh, 59 snaps last week. So they're beefy, and we are not. It's, I, you know, where was Miles Garrett drafted? Refresh my memory. First overall. Where was Jadavian Clowney First drafted? First overall. Yeah. You need those, those guys, and hopefully it seems like we're trending toward back with Clowney. We know Miles will play. So barring something else this week, God forbid, um, you need them to be elite because – you need all of your best players. JOK was a second-round pick. It was graded as a first-round pick. At one point yep. this year, he was a number-graded linebacker in, in all of football. Yep. So he needs to play to that level. He is not. He's elite. not the last few weeks. No. John Johnson needs to play that level. Ronnie Harrison needs to be the guy to get 14 tackles. It's going to take every bit of that Yes. to beat this team. Yes. Because they are they are able to do the things that are have been kryptonite to us. They are able to hit the big play. You had Rashad Bateman with his 22 yards of catch. Yep. They can gash you in the run game with Lamar, and they're mostly Lamar to this mostly point. Lamar, but yeah. If they get the backs going, look out. So there's an 8.1 yards of carry. Right. So it's a problematic matchup. Our best players defensively need to play like that. Yes. And if they don't, then it's going to be tough. Very, right. very tough. And slide. we need to be better on offense. You know, Jacoby Brissett's got to take care of the football. He's got five it's, turnovers in the last three games. He had one in the first three games. We went two and one in the first three. Should have gone three and zero. Oh. We, you remember, we said this last year with you know, anytime we would go around the NFL and we talk about the Ravens, we would say, look, there's a certain way that they have to win. We're like that times ten right now. There's a very specific roadmap for us each week to win, especially when we take, play teams like this without the margin for error. There's none here, zero. Yes. So you've got a certain roadmap to follow, and if you deviate from it, then you're stuck. Yep. And that's something that's going to be a very, very critical thing this week. Buying or selling home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services, always a winning strategy. If you plan to move this season, they're going to have you covered at Howard Hanna. Every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash Browns today. We'll get you some stardom, sit advice from Dr. Z. Plus, we will 
Guess the spread coming up as well. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Oh, you got to go see my guys at the Bath Authority. They give you that bathroom of your dreams. They'll do it for you in about a day. They can get it done. You need a tub to shower conversion. They got that for you. They got acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. That's a big win. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors for that spa-like experience that you know that you want in your bathroom. The Bath Authority is Cleveland Springer Bath and Shower Remodeler. They're experts and factory-trained installers. Call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding superior products and expert installers at thebathauthority.com. 216-220-8399. 500 bucks off if you give them a call right now. Uh, fantasy football this week, week seven. Go ahead, Doctor. Real Z. quick, coming out of Baltimore, Jamison Hensley saying four players return to practice after missing Wednesday. Wide receiver Devin Duvernay, defensive end Calais Campbell, right tackle Morgan Moses, and guard Ben Cleveland. Bad news, four players remained sidelined. Mark Andrews' knee, Patrick Ricard knee, J.K. Dobbins' knee, and Marcus Peters' rest. So Marcus Peters should be fine, but interesting there on – on Ricard and and Andrews now, I expect feels them like Dobbins to, is down. Feels like Dobbins be could out. be down. Yep, and it yeah. feels like they will be you know back tomorrow for the other guys. Yeah, Andrews would be the one that would be absurdly noteworthy there if that were the way that it that, that right. ended up going. Uh, week seven fantasy football starts tonight. DeAndre, you've been telling people for a long time he's back tonight. He's back for Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to roll him because I need to for a lot of buys issues. this week. A lot of buys of important teams. I mean, Buffalo is a big team. Vikings the are Vikings. out this week. Yeah, so yeah I've got a lot no of No Dalvin, lot of no Justin Jefferson. Yeah, a lot of good players. So if you need a quarterback this week, I would give a look on the waiver wire to a couple of the guys. Dak Prescott, if he was cutting your league, I'd pick him up and play him against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo against Kansas City. Geno Smith against the Chargers and even Matt Ryan against Tennessee would be some guys that I would be looking at there. Um, running backs, Travis Etienne is on the rise. I think he's a good flex. He's starting to out-snap every week. His snap percentage goes up. It's kind of like what we talked about with Brees Hall. Like, why don't you just give him more opportunities, and maybe it looks like they might be doing that. Um, you've got – I don't like David Montgomery against New England. Uh, I can tell you that right now. Love Brees Hall, love Kenneth Walker. Those are guys that should be in your lineups from Andre Stevenson. I mean, the guy's phenomenal, as we've seen, unfortunately, uh, firsthand. And, and then, you know, hopefully we're going to shut down Kenyon Drake, but I had understand why somebody pop him into their lineups. And then going to receiver real quickly, you know, the big names that you know, but I, I do think, you know, you've got Amon Ross St. Brown. He's back from injury. Get him into your lineups. I, I love Michael Pittman against Tennessee. Love my guy, as I mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins ad nauseum. I've said that. I think you keep rolling with him. And I think you can take a shot on like a Brandon Ayuk. A couple touchdowns last week. Good matchup. Does Chase Claypool get a little more action now? It felt like maybe he was a little bit on the ascent. So that's somebody to keep an eye on as well. And then for streaming, 
tight ends, defenses. Uh, tight ends, give a look to this guy. Not a great name. Daniel Bellinger, if you really need a tight end this week, I think Daniel Bellinger is an interesting one. Uh, Hunter Henry as well has come on strong ever since Bailey Zappi has been the quarterback, and I haven't been following the Patriots close enough to know if Mac Jones is back or not. But I, don't think it, I yeah. feel like Bailey Zappi's Bailey Zappi's more than adequate. As just fine. And then defenses, uh, Patriots against the Bears, great stream. Cowboys against the Lions, great stream. Bucks against Carolina would be a great stream as well. And then I think the Steelers against Miami, because are we still sure what's happening with Miami? It feels like it's going to be Tua is what I was saying. Is it? Then week. I would do the so opposite. NBC Miami against Pittsburgh. Sunday night press release, and yeah. they say Tua's playing. Okay. All right. So <laughs> yeah. then so. opposite, Miami against Pittsburgh. All right. Let's do it. Guessing the lines. All right. You've got a total of 14 games again this week okay. because of the buys. Uh, my expectation for you is nine. All right. I need a That's where I've been living. In. I mean, it's, it's tough, though. It's it is. Tough. Very okay. difficult. All right. all right. New Orleans at Arizona tonight. New Orleans at Arizona tonight. They make Arizona favorites in all these games. I'm going to go Arizona minus two. Minus two and a half. This moved actually two points. All right, we'll take it. Was, it. it was Arizona four and a half, and now it's down to two. And four and a half? half? Based yeah. on what? I have no idea. Atlanta at Cincinnati. Atlanta at Cincinnati. Atlanta coming off of a big win over the Niners. Yep. They Have they won two in a row? Um, I'm not sure. They beat us. Oh, no, two so out two out of three. last three. Yeah. Uh, They're the only team to cover every week. Every week, yeah. Bengals minus Six and a half. Nailed it. What a start. Lions at Cowboys. Dallas minus eight. Nailed it. Minus seven. Three for three. Okay. Within one's a win. Indy at Tennessee. Good Lord, he's never started like this, ladies and gentlemen. We've never had this sort of hot start. Three for his first three. Tennessee minus one. Mm. Bum, 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 bum. Minus two and a half. Packers what? at Commies. Packers and Commies. Green Bay has not been good, but I they see have not that. covered in three weeks. Green Bay, Tyler Heineke or Taylor, whatever his name is, whoever. Yeah, Green Bay minus seven, minus five. Just missed it. Oh God, I'm cold now. Bucks at Panthers. I'm overthinking everything. You are. Go with your gut. Minus thirteen. Mm. I hate this one that you missed this. It's minus 11, and you had the spirit of it. I was going to say 12. Yep. Giants at Jacksonville. New York football Giants at the Jacksonville. I'm falling apart. I'm falling Jaguars. apart. You had all the momentum, and now three straight losses after three straight wins. Yeah. Okay, what is it again? Giants, Giants at, at Jacksonville. Giants minus two and a half. Jaguars minus three. What? That's right. What? Okay, I wasn't getting that one. No. Cleveland at Baltimore. Ravens minus six. Yep, got it. Minus okay. six and a half. Uh, Jets at Denver. Did you see Russ's new ad with the subway? Like the actual ad? No. And him in the outfit? No. Danger, Russ? No. It's a scene, man. Four up, four down. Jets at Denver? That's correct. Denver minus one and a half. Nailed it on the money. Right back at it. Texans at Raiders. Coming off the bye for the Raiders. Raiders minus five and a half. Minus seven. Ah, oh, God, I was going to say six, and I was like, but what if it's only four and a half? Seattle at Chargers. Chargers minus 
Three and a half. Minus six and a half. What? Yeah. KC at San Francisco. Chiefs minus four. Mm. Chiefs minus two and a half. I'm like only like a half. You're right off. All these. I mean, I if know. it was one and a half, you'd I nail know. it. It's yeah. all went to hell. Pitt at Miami. I don't know. I'm just despondent. Pitt at broken. Miami. You're broken, beaten, Broken, man. yeah. Dolphins minus eight. Got it. Minus seven. Okay. Uh, finally, Bears at New England. New England minus six and a half. That's the Monday nighter next week? That is. You got it. Seven oh. and a half. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven and seven. Even Steven. It was a battle. That middle one, was tough on you. The most absurd one to me. One I, horrific line. The Jags line's horrific. The Jags line makes no sense. I don't understand it. So that's one of those ones where all everyone's going to say Giants. Everybody. So how is it possibly Giants? But yet you can't overthink it. Right. Jacksonville's been brutal for a month. Brutal. There'll be a ton of Giant fans at that game. Not that, I don't even know if there's even any such thing as home field advantage in the NFL. There's going to be all the money in the world on the Giants, though. All of it. All of it. And so it's like, what are we missing there, man? That I was a know. really hard one for me to wrap my head around. I think there's some – honestly, guys, as it's good as – a great week. Guys, just where I was headed, Gibbe, for all of the greatness of last weekend, the college football Saturday was incredible. Uh, the NFL Sunday was awesome. It's not great. There's not – is there a game on here where you're like, I'm stopping what I'm doing? This might look, it's going to be in the 70s. This might be Fall Fest, Pumpkin, Apple Cider Day for the you of the kids. Um, outside of our game, which you're going to be dialed into. Other than that, there's nothing here you need to see. So, Zagur and I were having this conversation earlier. Um, our friends in Northwest Ohio, not going to get Browns Ravens. Okay, so I saw that. And so when we're, when we're up at the condo, up at the lake, like, <clears throat> Even in the preseason sometimes when that used to be an issue and they had to pick one or the other, a lot of times they would go Lions over uh, over Browns. And that Catawba, Sandusky, all that area is big Browns. Correct. But what is Toledo? So I don't know where their loyalties so are. So it was great. When I lived in Bowling Green, you'd get the Toledo stations plus the Cleveland stations. So, like, you could get – if you had a certain yeah. cable, you could, you could get every game that you wanted. Get them all, to. yeah. This is a weird twist this week. Lions-Cowboys is the A game for CBS Nance Romo. The one and four, hey, man, Campbell-Lions. Yeah. Why? Eight, well, well because Dallas. bumping Browns-Ravens because the A team. But it's also a one o'clock game. Here's the one thing I don't understand, though, and I, I saw some tweets about it from there. When I was at the CBS in Columbus, we could choose Bengals or Browns every week. In fact, the general manager would come down and go, what do you think, guys? And the general rule of thumb based on the ratings in Columbus was, unless it was Bengals-Steelers, you showed the Browns. Even when the Bengals were, were good and we were not, you would still show the Browns because there were more Browns fans in Columbus than Bengals fans. But the combination of Bengals and Steelers would usurp Browns. That was, that was our general rule of thumb. So what I don't understand is I'm seeing stuff from Toledo where people are like, this is the league's decision. The, and I don't understand why the, the league Toledo would do that. TV people are saying that the I, NFL I think has they're passing the buck that. unless something's changed. Because in a market, you would always choose. You'd always be able to choose. Not any game, but you had a choice of two games. Yeah. So like right. I would assume Toledo is very similar to Columbus in that they can pick either Browns or Lions as a, as a team of interest. 
why so you've got lions cowboys at one o'clock on cbs which is nance romo mm-hmm. chiefs at san francisco is the 425 fox national game yeah it's a fox double fox, header though they have the double header otherwise nance romo would be there but don't isn't it the AFC team? Isn't the no? Road remember team? they got away with that last couple of years. They went away with that. They swapped them year. out. Yeah, in the last two years or so, they've done less of that. Yes, it used to always be that would be KC at San Francisco would be the Nance Romo game. Yeah, my guess is what they did. So their choices are because it, honestly, Lions Cowboys that's NFC NFC. I'm surprised so they're you're they're, they're usurping yeah. even the old AFC CBS. But situation. you have you have Titans Colts for first place in the AFC South. Right, but they're not worried about that. What they're worried about is what can I sell for ratings? What is the majority of the country going to watch? And they're going to have Cowboys and Dak back and all that. And by the way, they don't have to pay for Tony to get on a private plane to go to Tennessee. Just drive over from his house. So my guess is that's how that works. By the way, it says so much about Nance's ability to live at Pebble Beach because you feel like every flight he takes, CBS is paying charter or i mean private like net jets whatever like they're paying for him to fly that way out of pebble beach there's literally nothing like 90 percent of his work is done on the east coast it's worse than flying out of here i've flown out of monterey congratulations on all your success yeah yeah it's a big time it's big time yeah yeah it's a nice little airport but it's a delight it's a real delightful airport yeah all right uh browns fans get into first energy stadium quicker on game days with express access presented by root insurance enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate plus each game use express access at first energy stadium will be automatically entered for a chance to win a browns autographed item go to the tickets tab in the browns mobile app to learn more on that we go behind enemy lines with jeff's Rebeck coming up next you'll listen to cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM because they can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000. Visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Let's head behind enemy lines now with Jeff Zrebrek, our good buddy, Browns analyst, reporter at The Athletic on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Jeff, let's just start with a health report, I guess. Uh, there was a laundry list earlier in the week. Uh, what is it today in terms of, of your gut feeling on who's in and who's out over there? Yeah, um, it's tough. It's kind of been like this, it seems, for uh, well over a year for the Ravens. But, um, you know, the the one to watch, and I, and I think he's going to play Sunday. I don't think there's any doubt he's going to play. But Lamar Jackson's clearly dealing with something. He's not been on the field for the start of practice. For the second straight day, um, he was listed yesterday, obviously, with a hip injury. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll play. But anytime you're talking about a guy in, in Lamar Jackson, um, you know, who's dealing with something with the importance of him to the offense and how much the ball's in his hands, it's obviously something to watch. Mark Andrews, for a second straight day, is out with a knee injury. He hasn't missed a practice all year before the other day. So that, you know, has to be something that's bothering him. Um, yet to feel like that's a concern. At least Harbaugh dismissed it as a concern, but uh, that's kind of uh, the business they're in. And, and I'd say it's not looking great for J.K. Dobbins. He's missed the second straight practice. He could not play in the second half Sunday against the Giants because his knee tightened up. Um, so I don't think you'd see him. I would say it's looking a little better for their number one receiver, Rashad Bateman, who's missed two straight games but has been practicing these last couple of days. So that's a that's a good sign for a Ravens passing game that 
just hasn't been very productive in recent weeks beyond Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is simply sensational, though, and that's kind of the offense, right? It's Lamar does stuff running behind Patrick Ricard, or they run behind him, or they throw it to Mark Andrews. But I'm curious, what's kind of the discussion around what's happened kind of in the fourth quarters, not only defensively, but also offensively? Lamar struggling last week, two turnovers on the final two possessions, four picks in the fourth quarter. What, what are people making of that? What do you make of it? You know, I just think they're making mistakes. I mean, for a long time, this Ravens team was a team that you kind of, you know, not to say they didn't lose games, but you kind of trusted them more often than not to find ways to win and, and, and to play well in the fourth quarter. And if they lost, make sure the other team beat them rather than them kind of being the reason they lost. And, I, you know, Ronnie Stanley said it best after the Giants game. I mean, they're their own worst enemy. It's penalties. It's turnovers. It's defensive uh, miscommunications leading to big plays allowed. It's kind of been a, a perfect storm. I mean, the defense can't get off the field late in games. Um, you know, and the offense hasn't really taken the brunt of the criticism for it, but it, it probably passed the point where it should. Uh, you know, I think they've had 15 full f- fourth-quarter drives, um, you know, this season, and they've turned the ball over on six of them. And, you know, that's not not just interceptions and fumbles. They've also also turned one on downs. Uh, so that's almost seven out of 15 possessions where they're giving the ball up uh, in the fourth quarter. And that puts the defense in tough spots, and, and it's tough to win that way. And, and it's just, you know, penalties. It's just it's been a lack of execution. It's been kind of finding ways to lose, uh, you know. And, and where you can't really pinpoint one thing because it's everything, you know, other than really special teams, which has been typically good, offense, defense, both sides uh, – have kind of count- accountability for it because they've had a, a lot of issues on both sides and, and late in games. Jeff, obviously Lamar just incredibly dangerous as he always is with his feet. Uh, I'm curious, you know, in terms of the guys next to him and specifically about J.K. Dobbins with uh, sees that he's been cropped up all week on the injury and uh, there was reports of a re-aggravation of the knee. Where is his health and what are his probabilities for Sunday? Yeah, I think we saw it um, – even when he came back to practice, you could tell like this isn't the J.K. Dobbins that we've seen. It's going to take a it's going to take a little while for him to to reach that pre-injury form. I mean, you didn't just have the you know the ACL, you had the LCL, you had you know a meniscus tear, you had a hamstring tear. So he dealt with all this stuff. It was such a serious injury, and he wants to play so bad. The kid's competitive wants to be out there, has a lot of desire, um, but he's just not himself. And I think the recognition of that Sunday um, where he just couldn't go anymore, um, you know, in the running game was kind of an admission that suggests where he's at. And now not practicing these two days is, is, you know, another acknowledgement. A guy that Dobbins has kind of looked up to and and kind of followed is, is Saquon Barkley. And I think what's significant there is we saw this with Barkley. His first year back, he missed the year, and then he comes back, and he just was never the same. He just wasn't running with it. He didn't have the same mobility. He wasn't running with the same power and agility. And that's kind of how I'd best uh, explain Dobbins. I mean, he run, he's still effective enough, um, but you're just not seeing that game-breaking ability. You're just not consistently seeing that ability to break tackles. And, and while I still think he can be serviceable – and help them and be a contributor, 
you're just not seeing that form of a number one back that he's capable of being when he's 100% healthy. And the later it gets, you start to wonder whether we won't see that until next year when he has another full year removed from that injury. So do you expect Kenyon Drake, who had 10 carries over 100 yards last week in the touchdown against the Giants, to, to be the guy? Is, is Justice Hill ready to come back? Is Gus Edwards ready to, to see action? Yeah, um, I, I, uh, there's no way that Drake, you know, there's a lot of criticism here. Why didn't they get Drake more carries? I think he had only 11 carries or whatever, despite rushing for, you know, 119 yards. I think he'll, he'll be heavily involved. Justice Hill, who was their most explosive back earlier in the season until he strained his hamstring, he looks like he'll be ready to go for Sunday. Gus Edwards is an interesting one. I think there's definitely a chance of him being activated Sunday. Um, but if he is, I wouldn't expect him to have a significant role. Here's another guy. Hasn't played a game since the, you know, the 2020 season. So uh, they're going to have to take it easy with him if, if he indeed does play. And, and the other element of it is the Ravens have a game Thursday night, the following Thursday. So they have two games in five days. Can a player, is it wise to, to ask Gus Edwards to play two games in five days? I don't know. I, I think that has to be a consideration here. So, I would think you'll get heavy dose of, you know, um, Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake, and then maybe Gus Edwards is in the mix, or they'll just have, you know, Mike Davis continue that role as the number three back. But either way, I can't see the number three back getting a ton of touches here unless something goes wrong. Talk to me about this defense that has also, like the offense, had fourth quarter struggles, especially against the pass. Um, you know, a lot of veterans, obviously. you got three guys with more than 90 career sacks on the team, and Pierre Paul, Justin Houston, if he's able to play this week, and Calais Campbell mixed in with some young guys. The two corners are back coming off of their big injuries. You lost Marcus Williams, who had a, was off to a great start for the season. But what's kind of what, what's the identity of this defense? What do they do well? Where are they struggling in your eyes? I think, you know, quietly, because they've struggled late in games in recent weeks, that's kind of obscured the fact that the defense is playing much better. I mean, look, you, could, you couldn't play much worse than they were when they, you know, kicked a, a three-touchdown lead against the Dolphins and gave up all those points. Right. Um, but still, I, I think, you know, for the most part, they held down the Bills, who may be the best team in the league. Um, you know, they – what is it, I think – the Giants, where they have 200 and something, 230 yards of offense. So they're doing things better. They just got to learn to close games. But where we're seeing improvement is they're just not allowing as many balls to get thrown over their heads. I mean, it was ridiculous early in the season. They're just giving up way too many big plays. Um, I think that was a function of, you know, you had some young players. There's still some uncertainty there at the third corner spot after Kyle Fuller tours ACL in week one. They're trying to find that guy. Um, they're rotating a lot of young players in that spot, and it seems teams are just picking out that matchup and going to it regularly because they don't want to, you know, challenge Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey as much. Um, so I think there, there's an issue there. They need to find that third corner. But I think the prominent issue among this group is just no consistent pass rush. It's just, yep. you know, and this has been a problem for a couple of years now. They have some guys. I mean, Odafe Owe, the first-round pick last year, has been a big disappointment this year. I think most people thought he'd break out. Um, Houston has uh, not played much at all, um, you know, because he's been injured. I think he'll be back Sunday. We'll see what he does. And, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul still working his way into shape. Again, they have some guys. It's just they haven't been able to get off the field late in games, and that's particularly because they haven't been able to affect the quarterback enough on third down. 
Jeff, um, I wanted to ask you about Kyle Hamilton, the kid out of Notre Dame, who uh, loved him at Notre Dame and felt like he would be another one of those Raven guys. And there's a laundry list of them. They draft them, they plug them, and they're big-time players. But it hasn't been that way. What what what, what level of concern is there over there to his start? And, and what is the issue you're seeing? I mean, they're saying there's no concern. I mean, he's a rookie. He's learning a very uh, detailed and, and complicated defense. Um, you know, and he's uh, safety's a hard position, you know, to play at and to make the transition at. But yeah, I mean, you'd certainly like to see more from Kyle Hamilton. Um, you know, he just hasn't been. You know, he made one really big play in the New England win, stripping the ball, and and kind of that was kind of a game-saving play for them. So you don't want to totally dismiss that. Um, but it just seems to kind of be fighting it a little bit you know i don't know if pressing is the right word but he seems to be second guessing himself and reacting rather than just trusting what he's seeing and playing i mean he's the guy that kind of figured prominently in that fourth quarter uh you know collapse against the dolphins where he blew coverage twice and two long touchdowns and he's just it's taken a little while and i, I you know what regardless of what they say um, I think they expected more immediate contributions and him to be a little more consistent early. Obviously, he's a rookie, so he knew there'd be some growing pains. It, it, it's taken him a little longer to, to be that guy than I think they think. I mean, testament is without Marcus Williams now, they're basically starting Geno Stone, who was a, you know, a former sixth and seventh-round pick. Um, but Stone's just more consistent. They trust him a little bit right more now more than Hamilton, and I think Hamilton's a guy that they'd like to use in matchup situations, uh, which I think they'll continue to do, match him up at times against tight ends, move him around, get him close to the line of scrimmage at times. But I still think they're trying to find the best role for him, and they're hoping he just starts playing with a little more confidence. It just seems to me a guy who's been fighting himself a little and questioning himself rather than just relying on his, you know, his talent and ability. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and usually, though, I wanted to ask you one thing before we uh, get you out of here, pal. So much of the offseason was about Lamar and the contract and all of that. Um, the way he's played, it's obviously bit, we're in the season now and away we go. Is is that ever come up over there now or we're, or we're past it and we'll deal with it in the offseason? Well, no, yeah, not really. I, I mean, you know, you guys know how it is. Every game is a referendum on Lamar's. Uh, desire, uh, you know, Lamar's, let's say, you know, his uh, worthiness of getting that type of, of landmark contract. But that's how it kind of is in the media and with fans. You don't hear a whole lot about it here, but you know what? I'll be honest. You know, it's always more been media speculation because Lamar never talks about it. He doesn't have an agent <laughs> who's leaking stuff to the media. So I hate to admit it as a reporter, but you know so little about it and the offer and what he's looking for because there's nobody that brings it up. And since he's negotiating the contract and since they're dealing with him directly, you know, the Ravens obviously aren't going to leak anything because they know that that's going to affect the relationship between him. So this is something that's been kept so quiet. Even players ask you about it. The players don't even know unless Lamar just happens to bring it up and he really never does. So, um, you know, so there's really not a whole lot of talk about that. It's kind of taken a back seat um, with everything else going on this year. But I'll tell you what, and this isn't criticism. I mean, Lamar's done so many amazing things for the team. He's great to watch every week. Without him, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I, you don't know where they'd be. He does so much. But they need him yeah. to play better. These last three games, he's, he's you know, everyone was anointing him as the front runner for MVP. And sort of these last three games, 
it's just been way too inconsistent. And then, yes, he's not dealing with a, a, a beefed up wide receiver group. And yes, they've had issues around him. However, they need him to hit the gimmies, make the routine throws, make quicker decisions, protect the ball. Um, you know, in all these games, there's been opportunities for Lamar Jackson to sort of put the hammer down and end these games by not, but he's made mistakes and kind of kept the door open for teams. So, um, you know, I, I think it comes with the territory as a franchise quarterback, you're going to get criticized. And, and I think it's totally fair in Lamar's case. I mean, they need to, for him to play a little more consistent football, um, you know, and, and then I think they'd feel pretty good about where they're at. From a franchise quarterback to a franchise kicker, Justin Tucker, <laughs> he's just unbelievable. The The game winner was against Cincy. Is that who they kicked the game winner? Where yeah. He, and he's yeah, like yeah, bowing yeah. at the midfield like you just know he's going to make it. <laughs> is is it something that's – is his greatness even being taken for granted? And I don't mean it to be facetious, but, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has not missed on 76 straight field goals in the second half for overtime, 61 in the fourth quarter overtime. It's just automatic. Is is his greatness? Yeah. Is it appreciated enough? And just what does he mean for this team? Because he's unreal. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do. I, I you don't want to, or you know, you don't even play. Clay's Campbell was saying this. You just hate to take it for granted because it's hard to do. There's a lot of pressure and you know, field elements and weather elements, all that goes into kicking. It's just not easy to consistently jog on the field and put it through the uprights. And, and not to mention it as other elements, you know, blocking and holding and snap. But, yeah, <laughs> he missed a 56-yard field goal last week in the first quarter, I believe it was, and he banged it, doinked it off the left upright. It's not like he missed badly, doinked it off the upright. And everyone's like, what's wrong with this guy? And I was like, what's a 56-yard field goal outdoors? It's unreal. You know, and he's just – he spoiled pretty much everybody. Um, I know it's been said. It's not me that said it, but it's been said before. But, you know, you do wonder, you know, is there anybody better at their specific job? I know we're always talking about all oh, kickers' importance, and there's still kind of some people that thumb their nose up at kickers because they're kickers. But you do wonder at times, is there anybody in the NFL better at their particular job than Tucker is at his particular job? And, you know, I guess you go to guys like Aaron Donald and, and Mahomes, and there's certainly arguments to be made, but you have to think with the level he does it, uh, he has to be in that conversation. I mean, and you know, we're watching a, a Hall of Fame kicker, and there hasn't been too many of those, but uh, his consistency – the amount of times he's done it in the clutch and how he's really never lost the level. He's had a couple rough stretches here and there, which a rough stretch for him is missing like one at every, you know, handful of kicks, but uh, he's been good, solid. He's been their most consistent, reliable player every year. It's really something to watch. It's amazing. It really is, Jeff. Thanks for your time, bud. Appreciate you a great deal. Always enjoy talking to you guys. Enjoy the game Sunday. Yep, you too. That's Jeff Zrebeck, of course, Ravens analyst and reporter at The Athletic. There's nothing quite like tailgating. Touchdowns and twisted tea. It tastes just like real iced tea because it is refreshing and that 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted tea, hard iced tea. Keep it twisted. So much more to come. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, the Kevin Stefanski Show tonight. Z and Gerard, 7 to 8 on the University Hospitals with the Browns Radio Network. Coach and Donald Peoples-Jones will join the guy. Jones? Jones. Jones. Will join. Jones will join as guests. Tonight, to get you set, we've got Thursday Night Foosball tonight. Saints at Cards, Dr. Z. 
Oh, baby. Hop is back. Cards. Ram it. Huge. We're back tomorrow with the scores. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.